0: life podcast the podcast for all things creepy i'm thomas
1: i'm sparky it's been a long week
0: it has been mostly because i've been back to work
1: yeah same
0: after being in quarantine for a little over a week and a half
1: but i started my other summer job and nobody died so that's great anyway wanna get started
0: let's get started so last week i told the story of dennis martin which still haunts my dreams when I have them, yeah. i
1: that I've been thinking a lot about it the last week, how much they screwed that up. <laughs> like, they did not do a good job with that.
0: They really didn't, but on the bright side, it did affect how they do things now. They That's d- true. They realized, so if anything good came out of his disappearance, it was that they realized how to be more effective through search parties.
1: That's very true. All right. It's
0: a silver lining in a very dark and depressing story.
1: So, this week is my turn. <laughs> what are you going to tell us? So this is a topic that I don't remember where I heard about it. I was thinking it was, and that's why we drink. But when I searched Spotify... And my podcast player, Podcast Addict. I couldn't find any podcast that had covered this. So it was probably on my true crime daily calendar thing that I had last year. (laughs) True crime a day.
0: Yeah, because I know you did write some of those down.
1: Mm -hmm. But I did want to say before I start, I know that pretty much all I've done so far are true crime. And this one does have a true crime element, but I also wanted to do something spooky this time. There's also a ghosty element to it. (laughs) I love ghost stories. Thomas does not.
0: I don't believe.
1: It says the guy who says he's seen Sasquatch at least two times.
0: I saw something I can't explain. But we'll I... talk about
1: that at a different time.
0: We'll talk about that yeah. when I actually do cover Sasquatch.
1: So I couldn't find any other podcasts about this. This should be exciting, I think. I'm doing the story of the penthouse at 57 West 57th Street in Manhattan. Ah, New York story. Yes, and it was really hard to search some things because trying to just type 57 West 57th, it was like very confused about the number 57. And there's also another penthouse in New York at 157 57th Street. So I kept getting things for that too. So there was a couple times that I thought I had some really good information that I hadn't found other places, but it was for the wrong address that Google had brought me
0: to. Of course, in all honesty, anytime you have an address that... It's like a number and then it's on a street that's named the same number. I know I've lived on addresses like that and the mail carriers, delivery drivers are always confused by it.
1: So my sources, I used Google Maps because I wanted to see what was going on around it right now seeing if there's anything that I would recognize, because I have been to New York City once, but I was, like, 16 and really dumb.
0: I- I'm really jealous of that. There's so much in New York City I really want to see.
1: I would rather go back now when I could appreciate it more, but also punch people for making fun of my Minnesota accent. Because, like, we got into the elevator. It was a choir trip for high school, and... Like, people were like, oh, a bunch of Minnesotans, don't you know? I was like, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Just rude.
0: You know, what I think is funny is I, I work very hard to hide it, but I have a slight Southern drawl in my natural voice. And living here in Idaho, people think I'm from Texas. I don't understand why.
1: But for the record, I don't have anything against New Yorkers in general. Just that particular group of people. That was very rude to me.
0: See, I just want to go to New York for the historical aspects. Yeah. See see the Hamilton Grange, go to the museums. Maybe
1: we should, like, get into the topic, though.
0: Why? We could just talk about the history of New York City. Right.
1: Okay, so uh, my other sources, there was a site called Jam Pumbly, or Plumbley. I don't know if the B is silent or not. And that one had a lot of really great information. Uh, Also, the lineup, dailymail.uk. There's also a Google Books excerpt. And you're going to laugh because the book is Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Plunges into New York. But it has some good information on this case.
0: Bathroom Reader. I yeah. usually use my phone for that, but there's actually what, books.
1: Oh yeah, you've never heard of those? No. There's a ton of Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. Also, Inside Mystery, Dayton and Manhattan, which had some really great information on it, and that one was from 2013. Property Shark, to get information about the worth now. Find a Grave, Wikipedia, T Magazine, which is like uh, Time uh. Magazine. And 57west57th.com. It
0: has its own website.
1: It does, because it's a skyscraper in New York, so of course it would.
0: You know, I've lived in cities... I've, I've been to Los Angeles. I've been to San Diego. i lived in San See, Diego yeah, for a while. I'm jealous for that. I've never once been in a skyscraper. Really? I've never been in a building that was over like four stories. And I think that was a city hall in my hometown. Wow. And I think it's four stories if you count the basement that also was a jail.
1: This is the longest we've talked before actually getting into a topic. So when I started writing this, I was like, oh, I'm going to make it like a play. So I wrote at the beginning, it's a drama based on a true story. So these are the characters we're starting with. We have Albert Champion. Who was born in 1876 in Paris, France? He was a cyclist and he invented spark plugs.
0: Was his family's theme written by Queen? Yes. Okay.
1: Obviously. He won a bicycle race in Paris, dash, I don't want to butcher it, so I'm just going to spell it, R-O-U-B-A-I-X race in 1900, which apparently was a big deal because he usually was a velodrome cyclist, which that was kind of like they would race in like a dome type thing, like indoors, and they had like cars pacing them. It was really interesting to read about. I'd never heard of it before.
0: No, this isn't one of the things like daredevils do where they
1: like are on the sides just i don't think so i didn't do a ton of research into it because there's a lot of characters in the story he's not the only one but i thought because he was kind of a big deal at the time should talk about him a little bit so charles Lindbergh and amelia Earhart used his sparks plugs So I thought that's pretty cool. That's cool. If you're interested in this guy, there's a ton more information. But like I said, because he's not the only character, I didn't want to focus on him forever. And so these are kind of the spark notes. But because of the Champion Ignition Company in Flint, Michigan, there is a statue dedicated to him that was put up in 2015. Isn't there a bicycle company called the Champion or a motorcycle company? Yeah, that's... That's his? Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: I don't know why. That just hit me because...
1: He also was entered into the Automotive Hall of Fame in 1977. Oh, that's cool. So he was married i didn't find the name of his first wife but his he was married to her for twenty years and she sued him for extreme cruelty. So, he might have done some great things, but he also was not a very great husband. And At, at what, what time was this that
0: she sued
1: uh, him? I would say early 1900s. I don't know exactly. So, right. it
0: must have literally been
1: extreme for her to be able to sue him. Right. That's what I was thinking, because back then, well, women well, were not treated well, usually. Not at all. And it, it's horrible. But. Mm-hmm, it is. Then we have his wife at the time of the story, which was Edna Crawford Champion. She was born in 1889 and Kansas City, Missouri.
0: She was born a hundred years before you Mm -hmm. in Kansas City, Missouri, which is close
1: to where you're from. So she was his wife. She apparently had moved to New York to find a wealthy husband. Albert divorced his current wife for this younger woman. Kind of a common rich guy thing. To like make his wife feel better, he gave her a million (laughs) dollars. Like in the early 1900s, a million dollars. Yeah, he was really rich. But this is the only time that I didn't write today's value. There's a lot of money in here, but it was a lot of money. A lot of money. I can imagine. Even though he married Edna because she was young and beautiful, whatever, he turned abusive pretty quickly. He would give her gifts, but no money. So she had no way to like do anything on her own.
0: Ah, I hate that. Yeah.
1: New character introduction. I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm just going to call him Charles, but it's Charles Brazel is what it looks like. B-R-A-Z-E-L-L-E. He's in France. So Edna met him on a trip to Paris with her husband, and they started an affair. Apparently he was also a gold digger, and he thought that she was really wealthy, so he was after her for her money.
0: (laughs) So wait, a gold digger digging into a gold digger? Yep. They're perfect for each other. Right?
1: Again, because of this is a really old story, I think there's a lot of discrepancies in what people know about it. But Albert suspected something. It's possible he caught them in the middle of something in a nightclub, but he confronted Charles in the nightclub in October of 1927. Some say he threatened to leave Edna penniless. So he was like, oh, you're going to do this? I'm going to take everything away from you. Dump you. Some sources say Charles beat him to death, Some say he just punched him once and he died later in his hotel room. Either way, he died in his hotel room within a few hours. Okay. Edna told the police that his death was due to a weak heart and police believed her, so it was never investigated. One source that I found said that there was a report that the body was autopsied by a corrupt coroner saying he was paid off by Edna to say it was a heart attack.
0: Dun-dun-dun.
1: So... I don't know what exactly is true, but regardless, he was murdered and there were no charges ever pressed. So so no one called Matlock. Indeed. Edna claimed the life insurance policy. i am pretty sure it was 12000000 one said 2000000 but i am pretty sure it was $12 because sure that's what most of them said.
0: $12 million.
1: Yeah, and in today's money, that would be $177 million. <laughs>
0: I know. <laughs> my heart. That's like more money than I'm going to make in my entire lifetime.
1: It would take me multiple lifetimes. To make that, I know
0: Well, I'm ambitious If I can't make at least $6 an hour I'm not happy
1: (laughs) So she went back to New York with Charles Who (laughs) apparently was still married to someone else And just decided, "Eh, I'm just going to go to New York with her or whatever. Wow. And they moved into the building that this story is about. So it's, again, 57 West 57th Street in New York. It's the corner of 6th and 57th in Manhattan. It was completed in 1929 to 1928. And it's in, like, a really rich part of... New York. There's a lot of like billionaires that live there currently. It was completed like pretty much right before they moved in. But it wasn't supposed to be apartments or anything. It was originally a medical building called Elaine, A L A I N. Elaine E. White's Medical Arts Building. And there were many private practices there. And the three floors below the penthouse were a mental hospital. So Mm. there's a lot of stuff going on there. And I don't know if you know this, but mental hospitals were pretty much really awful places to be. Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) It it wasn't until probably... 70s, 80s, that they, yeah. they started really caring. Right. Because otherwise, I mean, when you called it a lunatic asylum, it, it literally was, and not just for the patients. Sometimes the, the doctors that worked there, the orderlies that worked there, they were horrible, and they would torture people.
1: Yeah. And like I said, I think it was in one couple weeks ago that the mom was put into a mental institution mm-hmm. just because she was like trying to say this child isn't mine yeah, <laughs> like right. you could get thrown in there for any reason oh
0: yeah it was, it was a common way for uh, rich guys to get rid of their wives mm-hmm. too if they didn't outright kill them right they could have them committed
1: they were still considered luxury accommodations but at a i think they said a moderate rate was what it was advertised so it was ten dollars a day which now would be 147 dollars a day which still uh, it's a typical hotel if you you spend the night in the oh, hospital, yeah. that's a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. So that's still really reasonably priced. I'm
0: so glad I've never had to spend the night in the hospital.
1: Right. They also apparently added some more like affordable middle class options in like 1930. This is before Edna and Charles were there, but the first really awful thing that happened just a few months after opening, there was a patient named Esther Glasser. This is really sad. She had a mental breakdown because she couldn't be a teacher and it was thought that she couldn't be a teacher because she had had such, like, nervousness, like, anxiety, due to overstudying. So, like, she really wanted to be a teacher and, like, had a mental breakdown because she was so overworked, basically. That is really sad. (laughs) It is really sad. Her sister, Leah, tried to stop her, but she got away and threw herself out the 14th story window. And apparently a taxi driver watched her body hit the pavement and pretty much explode. Yeah. It's awful. Ouch. So there was, you know, pretty dark history there already right from the beginning. So Edna wanted to buy or lease the penthouse, but the doctors there said they needed it for medical things, you know, because that's what doctors do. And that it wasn't intended to be used for apartments. So she was like, and she bought the entire building for $1.3 million in cash, which is $19 million today. In cash? <laughs> yep.
0: You know, I'm, I'm fairly certain billionaires don't go buy buildings <laughs> in cash. <laughs> right.
1: But I don't know. Wow.
0: So... I want want to be able to do that. I know, right? I I want to be able to buy an entire building.
1: That isn't made of cardboard. That isn't made of cardboard. (laughs) So she forced some of the medical facilities out, but I think she allowed most of them to stay there. The penthouse was cleared out and they did like an insane renovation on the top two floors. They were originally housekeeping apartments, is what they said, that they used for like office work and administration. Mm. They were probably, there weren't a lot of patients there, but they needed it for offices. But they connected the two floors with a secret staircase. Secret, and you say? Yeah, I'm not sure what that means exactly, but Edna took the top floor. Charles was the uh, second from the top.
0: I'm getting some Bruce Wayne vibes by having Secret Staircase. Was there also a cave underneath
1: the building? (laughs) Probably. It had a painting done, or a mural, I think. It was Edna and Charles, but Edna was naked, only wearing, like, a hat and high heels. That's Something like that. For the record, she was... Very beautiful, just so you know. But they also bought a gold canopy bed or had one made, and the canopy was made of Russian clergymen's gold robes. It cost them $30,000, which would now be 442000
0: Russian clergy robes.
1: Yeah, they were, like, made of gold. Yeah, it's just like, why, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> they also... I only found this in one source, but I want to believe it's true. They also had a fountain made in the penthouse and had free-range monkeys and peacocks. I could see the peacocks,
0: but those monkeys would, I hate monkeys. They would tra- I love monkeys, but let's face it, monkeys like to sling the crap. Yeah. So, yeah. I can imagine how nice that penthouse was after about ten minutes.
1: Right. Oh, I, I like all animals except monkeys. They're mean. They like- I've uh, seen videos They like take other animals and swing them around and like- They're incredibly territorial. But they're rude.
0: But so is Humans.
1: Yeah, but monkeys are always rude.
0: Yeah, but I would like you to study history no. and tell me that humans aren't worse than monkeys.
1: Well, duh, they're worse, but some humans are good. Let's not get into this argument. They also apparently covered the walls with gold and silver, which, again, flinging poop is not going to be, like, worth much later. And they also had custom-made floors and elaborate stained glass windows. Oh, why? stained glass
0: they... <laughs> is done right. It's so beautiful. It
1: is, but why? Yeah. Why do you need that?
0: And how, how tall is this building again?
1: I think 19 stories.
0: Okay, so let's just say something was flung through that stained glass. Poop. Let's just say that one of the monkeys was so constipated, it was literally a <laughs> oh brick. Oh my god. And he flung it through that window. Those glass shards, they would literally turn anything underneath it to hamburger.
1: Yeah. There, There's a... I don't think there was a lot of thought put into this.
0: You know, there was a movie once, and this guy, uh, a window had fallen out of, like, I think the 12th floor,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: this guy's talking about it, and he goes, one minute you're walking down the street, the next minute, bam, you're shredded beef. <laughs> That's just what I'm thinking of, man, right. if something was to happen, because that was before they really had the impact-resistant stuff, you know? Yeah.
1: Charles started a brokerage on the second floor and started to collect rent from the medical centers in there, and they remodeled the other floors... Um, to rent out. And I know for sure at least there was a mental hospital still there, but I don't know exactly how much else was taken away from the medical people. But in the basement, Charles started a nightclub. Oh. And it was based on a Parisian club of the same name. So it's B-O-E-U-F space S-U-R space L-E space T-O-I-T. Buff sur le trois is my guess was always really bad at French pronunciation, sorry. So they opened in 1934, and later it did become La Conga, which was a Cuban club Uh in 1938 under different management. As you can imagine, their relationship wasn't going very well. I know you're surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, They fought constantly, they abused drugs, and relied heavily on alcohol. Charles apparently hired French staff to keep tabs on Edna, and so Edna kicked him out, and she hired bodyguards to protect herself. Or one source said that her family was worried about her, so they hired the bodyguards, but either way she had bodyguards to protect her. And super creepy, apparently Charles still had master keys to everything, so he would sneak into the building and, like, hunt Edna, like sneak through like the offices and like look for her and he would just disappear in the building for days at a time no one could find him and they said that it felt like he was there like he was watching them that's creepy yeah i would not like that so in 1935 they had a huge fight i saw two different things one said he just threw a phone at her but it's most likely he beat her to death with a telephone where were her bodyguards is what i want to know what were they doing?
0: It's possible that they were paid off.
1: That's true, but listen, so, um, she was also drunk and on drugs and unable to fight him off, which, after I wrote these notes, I had a nightmare that I was kidnapped, and I'm pretty sure it was influenced on this. I remember you telling me about that. So, the bodyguards didn't protect her, but then they took him and threw him out the window. So, what were they doing while he was beating her to death with the telephone?
0: It's possible they were at another floor and by the time that they actually got, maybe... But what's the
1: point of a bodyguard if there's not at least one near you at all times? But let, let's
0: say that they were watching the perimeter. You know, they were maybe a different floor. <laughs> I thought
1: you were going to say they were watching TV.
0: <laughs> TV didn't exist this I point. But, I don't know, let's say they're... I mean, he used to sneak all through the building. So let's say they're on a floor or two below, you know, they're watching the stairs, they're waiting for something not realizing he's been up there the entire time but he again, attacks they hear commotion they come running by the time they get there she's already dead their reaction but immediately again, seeing again there
1: that. should be at least one with her at all times
0: but were they professional or were they just local tough guys I don't
1: know.
0: and keep in mind that like bodyguards and security agencies they've come a long way in the
1: last hundred years That's true, but still. I just, I don't understand it. Anyway, they both either died immediately or very soon after, and it was 19 stories up that they threw him out of, so I imagine that he died pretty quickly, but I think he also landed on a terrace, so I'm not sure. That
0: kind of would have broke his fall a little bit. He still would have got impact, broke some bones, internal Mm -hmm. damage, but maybe not. Explosion.
1: It took 10 days for his body to be identified by his brother. And I'm thinking that was because his brother probably had to come from Paris. Because that's where he was from. Edna's family, you know, was very upset through all this. And they expected to, like, go through assets. They would find her first husband's money since he was so ridiculously rich. But all the money was gone. They spent all of it.
0: Oh, I hate that one. I know. Someone's got more money than they know what to do with. Literally. And they blow it all.
1: Yeah. One source did say that maybe Charles was hiding it. Because, you know, that's what abusers do a lot of times. They want to control everything. And he was a gold digger. Mm -hmm. So he was like, here, I'm just going to put this somewhere where you can't find it. So it is possible that he hid it somewhere and it still existed, like, to them. But they just didn't know where to find it. And it it.
0: is very possible that she could have known. It wasn't like him being sneaky. He could have have been investing, quote unquote.
1: Yeah. But regardless, her family got none of it. That sucks. Yeah. So it sat empty for a few years until new characters came and moved in. So there was Carlton Alsop. He was a radio producer slash film producer slash socialite. And apparently he was really good friends with Judy Garland. Film
0: producer, what was his first name? Carlton. Carlton Alsop, yep. Mm-hmm. I know who he is.
1: Oh, cool. He moved in with his wife. She was never named, but at one point he was married to a movie star named Sylvia Sidney.
0: Yeah, I know who she is. I, don't,
1: I think this was after that, though. Mm-hmm.
0: This was what year did he move
1: in? I imagine it would be, like, the 40s sometime. Mm-hmm. So he moved in with his wife, and their four Great Danes, and they would hear clicking high heels, like, moving through the apartment, and they would hear arguments, like, in other rooms, but they were alone, so it was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. It took less than a year for Mrs. Alsop to be like, nope, and get out of there.
0: Could the creepy noise have been people escaping and hiding?
1: I don't think so, because they would get investigate and no one was there.
0: Yeah, but I mean, think about it. If someone... I mean, there's a a fine line between complete insanity and genius. If someone is completely insane, they could be... I mean, think about... Even today, we have people that escape from mental hospitals and are able to elude, you know, federal agents that are searching for them.
1: I really don't know. Like, I just imagine, like, a giant, like, a ballroom with, like, marble floors or whatever. And they hear clicking, and then it's just empty when they go in. So... After she moved out, apparently the Great Danes were still there, but they were frightened all the time. And like, they whined a lot and they would like refuse to enter the building sometimes. Which to me like is always like, nothing's really bad until an animal is like, nope, I'm not going to do that. That could
0: also be a gravity thing.
1: It could be, but it wasn't all the time. It was just sometimes. Keep in
0: mind skyscrapers. I don't know about this one because it's only, you said 19 stories, mm-hmm. but some of them are designed to move in the wind. I know. And that would freak me out. And I can yeah. only imagine a dog, because a dog likes to stay on the ground. Yeah. I've lived in two story houses and had dogs that did not like going upstairs.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But apparently they would also stare at blank spots on the walls, which I hate, because there's like something there. Anyway, Carlton tried to make the best of a bad situation and he would throw parties and guests complained that they were being watched, like, they felt like they were being watched, and they just had bad, like, vibes, basically. There was a bathroom upstairs. I guess he would have the parties on the second to the top floor. I don't know. But when they would come downstairs from the bathroom, at least a couple of them, there was reports that they were really, like, pale, like all the color had drained from their face, like something freaked them out. And one woman said that someone followed her down the stairs, and she thought it was, like, a practical joke, and she was, like, some, like, high-class lady. She's like, I do not approve of practical jokers but they tried to describe the person and it didn't fit any party guest, so they didn't know who it was but again there was other people in the building but i imagine there was you know some security to get in there you know but if it was a party would it have been unlocked you know there's yeah. my brain goes
0: back and forth security has improved a lot mm-hmm. so security for them could be one easily picked door that was locked
1: that's true but basically carlton had a and he checked himself into the mental hospital in the same building.
0: Well, hey, at least he didn't have to really change his
1: address. (laughs) Right, just kind of went full circle. He tried to sell the building, but whenever a buyer came, they just felt really bad. They they just felt terrible, so they wouldn't buy it. They would leave. The penthouse was abandoned again for many years. He sublet it, even though he lost a lot of money on it. So the penthouse was last sold... For $25 million in 2004, they started to rent it out in 2010 again. And in 2011, there was an art exhibition held there by, and I'm not sure if this company bought it or just leased it, it wasn't really clear, by Ford Project, which was part of Ford Models. And they said that it felt claustrophobic and it didn't really feel like a, a gallery. It's like they didn't feel alone, basically. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, like I said, I use Google Maps. It is a Capital One bank at the ground level. There is also a quality Italian restaurant. Really? I think that was the actual name of it. A blow-dry bar, Sphere Physical Fitness, Verizon Wireless, and there are some spaces available. According to the building's website, floors 7, 11, and 14 have commercial space available.
0: Let's go. We can put my prop in there. Yeah, there you go. I'll make foam armor for Broadway. Hey, right. They may do Camelot again, you don't know.
1: <laughs> it's thought that the ghosts or whatever that Carlton was experiencing were Edna and Charles, or they could have been previous mental patients like the Esther that killed herself before. But regardless, there have been no recent reportings of hauntings.
0: That leads me to believe that it was probably... I mean, it's a party, people going in and out. Wouldn't be that hard. I mean, come on. Mental hospitals used to be a way of getting rid of criminals at the same time.
1: That's you true. Know?
0: Repeat offenders could be deemed criminally insane, thrown in there, but they're not insane. They see a party with a bunch of rich people, that's an opportunity. Yeah. Sneak through, follow them. Pickpocket. Pickpocket. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. Maybe that guy following her down the stairs was trying to grab her purse or her coat or something, too.
1: That's true. I don't know. I think especially when they were alone in the building, that's a lot harder to explain because you would think that they'd at least hear like the door open or something, you know? I don't know.
0: Unless there is someone stashed in there.
1: Like the Denver Spider-Man?
0: No. Yeah, I mean, you don't know if someone escaped from that, or maybe it was someone else who was on the run who knew it was an empty building and was just hiding.
1: Or thought it was empty.
0: Thought it was empty and was <laughs> hiding. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of explanation. And, and do keep in mind that at this time, you know, this was like the, the height of underworld activity in New York. You know, the mm-hmm. five families in New York. Mm-hmm. Constantly, they were having gang wars, you know? They were, like the Godfather put it, going to the mattresses where they would hide out in buildings.
1: Great. Yeah. Wonderful.
0: Now, usually they were safe houses, but you don't know. I mean, a family could have a deal with a house. No. Not wanting anyone to know because they don't want another family to know that they're having a safe house there. In a place like New York where there's millions of people all together, I'm more apt to say, you know, it was probably someone hiding there.
1: But I'm going to say it was ghosts because I live for ghost stories. So yeah, but that's a story. I thought it was really interesting because I hadn't really heard much about it before. I just had it written in my list for like since the beginning, since we've talked about starting this. So I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, and the one, I think it was Dayton in Manhattan, that website, apparently was a podcast at one point. Really? But it was. The article was from 10 years ago, so it must have been like when podcasts were We're brand new, and I couldn't find it on Spotify, so it's probably not a thing anymore, but I just thought that was really interesting. Probably
0: not, but that is cool. And now we're going to get to updates.
1: On our anchor, we now have listeners in a lot of countries, which we kind of died when we looked at this today. So obviously United States, but United Kingdom, and I talked to one of those people today. Her name is Victoria. She was super awesome. Thank you. France, awesome. Germany, India, Canada, Australia, Ukraine, and Denmark.
0: We made it to Scandinavia.
1: That's where I'm from.
0: That's where my family's from too. Way back when.
1: We're pasty white folk. Yep. So thank you for your support. It's really. I mean, I know personally, I've been going through a tough time lately. So oh,
0: Yeah. Especially with the pandemic, it's easy to just... It's,
1: you know, made everything worse, but...
0: Not not going, not being active, you tend to dwell on things, and a lot of times, the negative things are the ones that get to you.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, I have pretty awful mental illness issues anyway, but it's just kind of been exacerbated by it, but this podcast has really given me something to look forward to, even though I can't do anything fun, really. Other than play GTA online, which, by the way... People are so annoying when you play games online and you're trying to do a heist and just rob a freaking bank, and then somebody just wants to get out of the helicopter and run around on the ground instead of being in the helicopter so we can rob the bank. I just wanted to get money. And then he takes a grenade launcher and blows up the helicopter. Is this
0: the first time you've played games online?
1: Yeah. No, I used to play Mario Kart online when the Wii had online.
0: I I don't think that one really counts. Yes, it does.
1: Like (laughs) Those blue uh, shells get you every time.
0: (laughs) I have played a lot of Call of Duty online. And you're always going to get those little kids that are way too young to be playing a rated M game. Mm-hmm. They're probably in second or third grade. And they're on your other team. As soon as you kill them, you just have to hear them cry. <laughs> they're going to respawn, but you have to hear them cry because they were on a streak or something.
1: Well, But yeah, anyway, thank you guys for your support. It yes, means definitely. a lot.
0: Thanks for your support. It, it really does. It's really cool. Um, how many states are in? U.S. states? Oh. Looks like we have about 16 states. Uh, Wow. We got some listenership in Chicago. That is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you, Illinois. I don't know where you came from, but I love you.
0: But I I just got to say for you guys in Illinois, go Bears.
1: Oh, and Idaho has now overtaken Minnesota. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate it.
0: Yes, it it really means a lot. Because while we've talked about this and we've talked about the possibility of where podcasts can really go... We didn't really expect it would get beyond close friends.
1: If we do make mistakes, please feel free to tell us.
0: Yeah, feel free to correct us. And like this episode when we had some French names, if you are either from France or you speak French, please correct us. That's how we learn.
1: Yeah, and as I was doing this, I was like, I could have looked these up beforehand. But I'll do better in the future. Kudos to people who speak French. Oh, yeah. Pretty much every other language. Because I only speak English. I speak a little Spanish, but not goodly. I can barely speak English, if we're being honest. Thanks to the UK listener that I mentioned, Victoria. She asked if we had a Twitter. So I officially started our Twitter.
0: Yes, we now have a Twitter.
1: So it's at Creepy Life Pod, And I haven't had a Twitter for quite a while. So it's going to be a little bit of an experience. But we'd appreciate some followers on there. Most active place to find us to be on Facebook. Yeah, We um, have a,
0: a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to join the group. We can get some conversation going. Mm-hmm we have a good friend that helps us with that and he usually posts reference photos about the topics we cover and, yeah he's you know, the
1: best he's thanks awesome again Seth.
0: yes thanks so much we couldn't do it without you
1: we have Instagram. We also have an email, creepy life podcast gmail. And if you want to leave us a five star rating and a review, we would really appreciate it. And once we get to ten reviews, we're going to do a bonus episode on something of your choosing.
0: And I will say, please review on iTunes. Yes, on iTunes. Even if you don't actually use iTunes, you can just get on on your Google browser because it's it's easier for.
1: Well, that's us where to find it. really the ratings come from. That
0: really is.
1: Well, thank you guys for listening.
0: Yep, thanks for listening.
1: Stay creepy.